Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. Hello, listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to start with a quick story callout. If you've had an unpleasant experience or an unpleasant encounter with a real-life creep, I want to hear from you. Maybe you tried to sell a dress on Facebook Marketplace, or maybe you were approached at the store, or maybe you were one of the many people who met or heard from Mr. Very Wrong on a dating website. If that's you, I'd love to include your story on an upcoming episode about these creeps. You can send me a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact, or we can arrange a short interview. You can e- email me at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. Now let's get into the episode. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. I got something really strange for you tonight, but straight off the bat, I want to be clear. The story we're going to be discussing is one that could easily be laughed at simply due to its absurdity. But it's not at all a laughing matter. It's dangerous, it's a bit sad, and, well, it's further proof that the truth is often stranger than fiction. Canada, as I hope we can all agree, is a democratic country. Canadians, of course, vote for their government by way of an election. And currently, our head of government is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Well, as clear as that should be, there are a small but growing group that believes it's untrue. And that's where things get weird. For nearly a year now, a middle-aged woman in Victoria, B.C. has been publishing videos and releasing written statements in which she claims to have been appointed as the Queen of Canada and Head of Government by the American military and a collective of allied nations. Now that may sound laughable, but Romana Didula has been embraced by some influential members of the online QAnon conspiracy subculture, and as a result, she found herself with a large, devoted following. Upwards of 70,000 members, in fact, and many of them believe her every word. Now, where it goes from funny and sort of sad to scary is this. Romana Didula has declared the version of Canada she claims to lead a vaccination-free country and has declared vaccination administration a crime against humanity that is punishable by death. And she's given her followers approval to carry out the enforcement. Yeah, it's dark. It's concerning, and it's bizarre. To help us understand the story, I've turned to Peter Smith, a journalist with the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, who's been tracking Romana's activities since she first surfaced as an influential extremist leader. So let's get into it. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, we'll be joined by journalist Peter Smith, and our topic is the story of Romana Didula, the self-proclaimed Queen of Canada. Hello Canada, I'm Romana Didolo. As of February this year, 2021, I am the Head of State and Commander-in-Chief of Canada, the Republic. The people who appointed me are the White House and the U.S. military. Together with the Global Allied Troops and their governments, Peter Smith, thanks for for joining me tonight. It's a we got a weird one to talk about, but I'm I'm glad you're willing to come on here because I don't know if there's many people who have 
dove is in deep into this world and it's kind of the various tentacles that come from it as much as like you and your uh, the others that you work with uh why don't, why don't let's just start with a short introduction tell me a bit about you and in the work you do yeah uh, i'm happy to be here uh, my name is peter smith i'm an investigative journalist with the canadian anti-hate network and what is the canadian anti-hate network um so we're an organization that tracks and monitors uh hate groups and hate promoting individuals within uh usually specifically canada but as well as internationally and then we counter them you know my role is is as a journalist so i i write about um, what we see and try to inform the public um and then uh yeah we have various other types of advocacy like we're putting together a education program that we're hoping to help combat racism in schools but yeah we generally just try to use journalism as one of the kind of tool set to help counter extremism here in Canada. Well, last time we talked, we, we spoke a lot about, you know, far right, white supremacist kind of extremism. But for the last year or so, it's, it seems like a lot of those figures have kind of transitioned into the anti-vax to like almost like a militant style of approach to that. And that's really what we're going to get into tonight. But before we start talking about the Queen, do you, does the Canadian anti-hate group do a lot of research and work on kind of the the figures who are have a, a I guess a militant style resistance to the public health mandates? Um, we can like when they intersect with our work, um, which certainly seems to be a lot. Like there's a there's kind of a straight line running from the the networks that made up uh, the M103 uh resistance to the yellow vest movement and the united we roll convoy which was heavily infiltrated by kind of the very far right and um you know there are hate groups within that movement recruiting directly um and then you know many of those figures uh you know if not all of them are are heavily now involved in the COVID conspiracy movement so let's let's get into discussing who i i've always called her the QAnon queen but her name is ramona Didula, is that how you uh, say it? I believe I say Didulo. Uh, I do assume that I'm probably uh, mispronouncing that. Okay, she, uh, it's it's a, I believe a Filipino name. Um, but what what do you if you were to describe her? Like it's it's so hard to approach this topic because it's so bizarre. But if if someone just saw an article that you were involved in about the QAnon Queen of Canada, how would you describe Ramona in a nutshell? Um, well, one of the things it's very easy to get caught up in kind of how on the face absurd it can seem, um, which I think does does kind of the whole issue uh, a bit of a disservice. But uh, Ramona is an individual that appears to be living in a boarding house out in um, Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Um, she was the head of a very marginal um, kind of nascent political party that she called uh, the Canada First Party. Um, which shares a name with a variety of other kind of far-right projects in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, ultimately, like she started out kind of very benign. Like she was just the leader of this organization. There weren't very many grand claims beyond that. Um, and like a lot of you know, political activism coming out right now, especially on the fringes, it was, it was heavily involved or heavily focused on COVID conspiracy and COVID conspiracy movement. Mm -hmm. uh, once we got into 2021, um, right around the springtime, or sorry, I believe it was February, she put out the first video where she kind of claimed 
royalty for the first time. Um, she was saying that the the white hats, um, you know, the same kind of alternate to the deep state um, that were helping Donald Trump had installed her as a figurehead here um, and that she was lifting all public health measures. Um, she declared Canada Republic as well as uh, herself the queen. Um, she got, she's got to ditch that title. Now she typically refers to it as the kingdom of Canada. Um, it might have something to do with the fact that the definition of a republic uh, means no royalty. Hello, Canada. I'm Romana Didolo. I'm the head of state and commander-in-chief, head of government, and Queen of Canada, replacing Queen Elizabeth II of England, who has now been executed for crimes against humanity. But yeah, very quickly um, after that, like she was putting out these videos, no real response. Um, but then she was boosted by several individuals who are fairly large in the kind of QAnon ecosystem um, mm -hmm. and have, have filled that void with kind of driving the narrative since uh, Q, Q themselves uh, stopped posting around December of 2020. Okay, so Ramona was very fringy, didn't have much of an audience. It was sort of a kind of the pseudo political kind of organization that she was, she created called Canada First. Uh, and, and so it was almost like this thing she was quietly doing, posting about this political party without many people paying attention to her. And then somehow, as you said there, she gets mixed up with kind of all the different QAnon conspiracies that were really big in the United States more so than Canada. And just for, for people who are listening that don't know what QAnon is, QAnon is this sort of... Um, phenomenon almost that's happened in the United States where um, a, a community of people are following someone on the internet who goes by like the name Q or the nickname Q who claims to have the highest like level clearance in the American government and kind of knows all this stuff that's going on kind of behind the scenes, like above the president in terms of, you know, the stuff they would deal with. Am I kind of getting that right? And this and, and the QAnon stuff is like there will there'll be these vague messages posted supposedly from Q and a huge amount of believers kind of try to interpret what it may mean. Is is that um, kind of generally you've got you've got the broad strokes. Mm -hmm. uh, so on image boards, uh, it started on 4chan. Um, this individual named QAnon was was posted, or who titled themselves QAnon was posting uh, these things that came to be known as Q drops, and some of them were very specific. Like the first one specifically mentions uh, Hillary Clinton being arrested. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Canada has always kind of played a prominent part in that space. Trudeau was mentioned. You know, I think within the first ten. Okay. Um, and yeah, these they kind of bounce from, from message board to message board. Like they went from 4chan to 8chan and eventually uh, 8 Kuhn. Um, and then QAnon is this kind of big tent conspiracy theory that incorporates both old and new theories into its belief system. So rather than requiring followers to adhere to a very specific, narrow conspiracy, you can kind of a la carte take and leave what suits your beliefs and and leave the rest and so it's it's caused this variety of of branches to come off um you know there's a lot of kind of interesting speculation about who q is um and hopefully we'll talk about this but like with ramona um as much as individuals 
are great for speculation and you know even in my case news stories um the real the real story and the real danger lies in the people um both being misled by them but also you know kind of gleefully gleefully following them yeah so so we get the the concept of QAnon. how does ramona like what do they just does someone just say like uh this ramona in canada is you know connected to q like what got her into the various communities that revolve around the QAnon stuff. Yeah, well, I, as much as QAnon can be U.S. focused, especially around you know with its heavy like bolstering of Donald Trump as kind of the first president in many years, he was not in the pocket of the the quote unquote deep state. Individ, an individual in the U.K. Uh, I believe his name is, is Charlie Ward um, was one of the first to kind of take up Ramona's message and broadcast it. I don't know how those two intersected initially. But it was this, these very influential figures, these very prominent figures operating in this space um, that they, quote unquote, confirmed her. That was, the, that was the word going around a lot in these spaces when people were debating the validity of this claim. It would be like, oh, these people have confirmed her. And a lot of times that was you know, discussing the video on the show. And other times it was just posting it onto their websites. Hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, it took off and she went from almost no following to uh, around 20,000 in the spring. And then at last check, it was, it was well over 70,000, um, which for like major influencers would not be a huge amount. But in these conspiracy spaces, that's quite a significant following. And more than just the number, it's the ability to, to mobilize these people within Canada mm -hmm. that has been kind of so pernicious and so worrying. Yeah. And it's the idea of this this woman who's claiming to be the commander in chief of the Canadian Republic or kingdom and you know claiming to be put in this position by the, these kind of hidden forces within the American military or whatnot that's it's easy to to like kind of roll your eyes and be like it's absurd but then when you think there's 70,000 ish people on these encrypted message boards that are reading her messages and presumably a good percentage of them believe that she is who she claims to be. Um, yeah, that's certainly scary. Uh, tell me a bit about the way she communicates with these people. Like I, cause she hasn't been doing it very long, but she has this massive audience. How does she get her message out to them? Initially it was mainly videos. Um, it's certainly the, the most impactful. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times there's a Canadian flag in the background. She's, she'll come across very well dressed, you know, in a, in a number of suits. Um, her own flag that has been designed mm -hmm. for the, the new country of Canada, the kingdom of Canada has kind of supplanted the maple leaf mm -hmm. as far as backdrop goes. Um, but yeah, as she gained more popularity, a lot of times it would just be rolling messages. And it seemed like at first, maybe she was trying to mimic the language of Q drops a bit. Um, but she would sign them off and still does to this day, um, typically peace, prosperity, or perish, mm -hmm. which has kind of a, obviously a violent undertone, which as we kind of get into her, her work, that's, it's been a common feature. You see, there's a report going around that I am Queen Romana of Canada is amassing a militia. And they're not quite sure what I'll do with that militia. As an individual, she's very, you know, she speaks very slowly. She's very clear. 
um, and direct. Uh, typically, there was no way for followers really to interact with her directly. Um, eventually, a Q&A channel was set up and commenters could submit questions and then she would select the ones and answer them on the main channel later. So this video is going to answer quickly the question. Dear Your Majesty Queen Romana, is Canada under martial law? The answer, yes, it is under soft martial law. Very recently, and including tonight, mm -hmm. uh, she's begun doing live streams that she'll bring other people on and allow them to actually converse with her, which has been a, a change from her normal style over the past year. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's because that's what I've known of her is it's generally these, these short videos where she's just, just sitting looking at the camera, but yeah, the, the things really in her case have ramped up in the last like week or two, but we'll, we'll get into that. But um, the, the communication she has. So, there's the more extreme messages that we'll get into that are mainly like COVID related and really militant. The, the, that's one aspect of it, but she also, it's like, she, it's like she seems to be giving orders to Canadian, the Canadians and the, and almost like talking about what she's doing for the country. Uh, just as an example, there was recently flooding in Western Canada in she was consistently posting messages about like sending relief there and putting money in seniors banks accounts that they're going to start receiving soon. And so she, she does do a lot of this like pseudo running the country stuff. I don't know how her followers reconcile the fact that she does, she can't deliver on any of these claims she or, or order she's issuing. Do you, do you, how do you respond to that? Well, I mean that again, that's not that uncommon kind of in these spaces, you know, like I said, the first Q drop ever from QAnon, mm -hmm. you know, mentioned that Hillary Rodham Clinton had been arrested, um, which doesn't appear to have happened to this very day. Um, and yeah, these similarly to the flooding in BC when there was wildfires in Ontario as well as BC, um, you know, she would be seen ordering the military at that time. Um, you know, just just today, I was looking at her chat as people were asking her to. Because um, she's now claiming some type of divinity or some type of affiliation with kind of extraterrestrial forces, um, which again is not uncommon in certain branches of of the QAnon ideology. Um, and yeah, people have been asking her to to heal their daughter who has cancer. Like um, you know, people really do call to her for direct help, and especially with. Um, increasing public increase of vaccine requirements in public service jobs. You know, we've I've seen people asking, you know, when is this going to start? Like, I, I'm losing my job. Like, you said these vaccines were done. Like, there is a there is a real damage being done. Obviously, the most present threat is the idea that she is going to, as she does repeatedly, ask for someone to commit violence on behalf of this government that that she is a part of, but. Um, you know, there's there's real harm being done both to her followers as well as a as a real threat to the public, mm -hmm. and it it can be quite worrying. And and how to deal with it, honestly, is not necessarily something that I I have the answer to. Yeah, it's well, it's certainly not an easy question um, uh, or an easy task to take on. Now, from the very beginning, when she became public, making these videos and kind of leading this 
so I guess we call it a pseudo political party. Were the vaccine mandates, was that an issue right from the beginning that something she was kind of raging against? Uh, I believe so. Hmm. Like certainly from her declaration of queen, um, she's been talking about ending mask requirements, ending vaccine mandates. Now I would like to address the vaccinations and injections happening across the Republic. As far back as late February, early March of this year, right immediately I took my oath as the head of state and commander-in-chief. I declared Canada a vaccine-free nation, which means all of the vaccines and injections happening is unlawful, criminal, and is crime against humanity. Yeah, one of the, one of the big talking points has always been about public health measures uh, reacting to COVID nineteen, um, which is you know like we were talking about with how the anti Islamophobia protesters and the yellow vesters have kind of continued along this path into the COVID conspiracy movement. You know these flashpoint events become you know very important. Mm -hmm. For these movements. Mm -hmm. um, like I said before, QAnon is not in any way relegated just to the United States. Like Germany has a large following um, who capitalized on flooding out there as part of their conspiracy narrative. Um, you know, France, France as well has a significant following, which we have a we have a content producer who exports a lot in the French language for them. Um, so yeah, these these types of events, as much as she's never really able to deliver on the, you know, the hay bales that she has, she's distributing across the country to farmers, mm -hmm. um, it does kind of create the illusion for the true believers that things are happening and things are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. You bring up the hay bales. That's another thing. She's often posting about the amount of hay that's being shipped to farmers to feed their cattle and whatnot. Like that's a kind of an ongoing thing when I look at what she does, but you no, know, before we get into kind of the more violent and extreme kind of aspects of her orders and to her followers, I guess we'll call them orders, just to talk about how her followers are, a significant amount of them are true believers that will take action for her. One thing that, like when I first found out about her and I started reading about her and watching the videos, I couldn't help but like be just like almost laugh, like this is just complete nonsense but then i stumbled upon some of anti-hate's reporting the canadian, canadian anti-hate reporting and one of the articles included videos of she she did like a sort of letter writing campaign where she, i guess she produced a sort of cease and desist letter and right. asked her followers to deliver it to was it to police stations or government buildings like what what was the story behind the cease and desist because it, they took it very seriously i've watched countless videos of her followers hand delivering cease and desist order, orders to you know police stations and almost threaten citizens' arrests and whatnot. Right. Um, QAnon Anonymous talked about this on their podcast. Um, yeah, she had created along with this initial order of like public health orders are done. I'm the queen. Um, it was included this chance to distribute these letters, and you would either print them off and deliver them in hand by hand and record the process, or you would do registered mail. Um, and especially once her following started to explode, there was multiple chats set up. Mm. But the, the purpose of these was to create a record 
of all the places that had been told to cease and desist by the Queen. And the list of places that could receive that is government institutions, schools, um, like you said, police stations, like more than a few city halls have been visited. Like, I, I believe that like at this point, literally thousands of these letters have been distributed in, in Canada as well as in the United States. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. Hi there. I just wonder if this detachment's been served the cease and desist order. Okay. Could I could I leave could I leave this for your chief? Could I leave that with your chief? That's a cease and desist order. Uh, we have a new command. We we have a new commander in chief. Um, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, so I, I'm going to report this back. Sure. Sure. Uh, no, this this is dealing with the mass cease and or, okay. cease and desist order. Alrighty. Okay. Perfect. Sure, I can stand. That's fine. Okay. No worries. Hi, right. just going to leave this um, cease and desist order. Okay. It is legit. Um, I I just gonna uh, just recommend that it gets complied with. It's it's recommended to give to your chief of police. I believe that's Chief uh, Gilbert. Yep. If you could do that, that'd be great. So I, I'm just going to. Uh, if you if you need my name, uh, you can get it through Romana. She's the new commander in chief. Uh, I'll be reporting back. So if she's Romana is the new chief commander of who? Of Canada. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I don't. But if you if you need my information, you can get it through Romana because I'm going to report back to her. So she, if she's so inclined to give it to you, she will. Can I get your first name? I, I'm not going to give you my name. Oh. I'm going to leave that with you. Okay. All right. Thank you. But yeah, the purpose of these letters was was a warning. And the right from the start, the expressed punishment for avoiding the warning or not not heeding these calls has been execution Mm -hmm. like explicitly that like peace, prosperity or perish um, is kind of a very literal thing that her her followers believe. So, you know, there's. There's video, I think, of some of them being laughed out of a Dairy Queen. So you're not going to let me purchase this without um, a mouse purchase Okay, it? really? They told you gals politely. Okay. They so told you politely. It is a policy. So um, you've been served. You've got seven days. <laughs> you've been served. Which, again, on its face seems kind of amusing, but, you know, the content of this letter is you will listen or you will die. And the people who were to carry that out certainly initially was always going to be this 
unseen military force. It was going to be American special forces. Um, but as I assume kind of the reason I'm here uh, is that very recently that started to be kind of calls for individuals to join these smaller paramilitary groups that she called duck hunters mm-hmm. and you know, take care of that action herself or themselves. Yeah, she she often refers to her digital soldiers as well. She talks about having 70,000 digital soldiers and and what she's referring to is simply her followers on Telegram that that you referred to and in her video she talks about the the new Canada that she is the commander in chief of. She's um criminalized vaccinations. She sees vaccinations as a crime against humanity with a punishment of death. As far back as late February, early March of this year, right immediately I took my oath as the head of state and commander-in-chief. I declared Canada a vaccine-free nation, which means all of the vaccines and injections happening is unlawful, criminal, and is crime against humanity. And for those individuals and groups who may not know, know this. Inside the Republic, the penalty for crimes against humanity is death. Now that there's discussion of vaccinating children in Canada, it seems like it's just lit a further fire under her because she lit, she released a video certainly comes across as a warning to nurses and doctors and anyone involved in the vaccinations. Today, I'd like to speak with you about the unlawful and criminal vaccinations specific to our children and youth. First, let me be very, very clear. Do not underestimate my resolve when it comes to protecting these children and youth because you will be put through Nuremberg trial for crimes against humanity. And once you have been convicted, you will receive not one, but two bullets on your forehead for each child that you have harmed. So when you go home, think of how many bullets are going through your forehead. Think very, very carefully before you touch that needle and inject it into a child of this republic the push as well as the the approval of lowering the of lowering the age for people to receive the vaccine um, has caused a very much a hardening of the rhetoric in in these spaces um and so so absolutely like yeah there's no doubt that that has really kind of um yeah like you said lit a fire in Ramona's case, um, I, I don't know if that's specifically what set her off, but 
lately the concept uh, she brought up the concept of duck hunters which you just described which is not this imagined uh american special forces that were going to come in and do the dirty work the duck hunters are small militant groups of her followers is the, the idea of of who is going to you know stop this now it, and did she ever as far as you know did she ever explicitly like describe what a duck hunter is or is this something her followers just kind of assume that she's referring to well i mean a, du a duck hunter is a person who has the ability and the tools with which to hunt like it, it, it was an explicit call for um for people who are armed and mm -hmm. know how to use them mm -hmm. um, in, in she went a step further where she released a statement just days ago saying duck hunting season is open. Yeah, there were, there was a buildup. Like she had, she had initially said that um, she was interested in forming these kind of groups of duck hunters, both in the U S and in Canada. Um, but then yeah, set a date saying like, you know, Monday duck hunting season is open. And that, that was the day. And there were various, it wasn't just veiled language. Um, which was interesting because like why even deploy the term duck hunter if then you're just going to say like your job is explicitly to seize the border it is to seize control of the media um she's she's also set up other groups um there's one called the military 2.0 um which is a group that nobody can interact in nobody's posted in except a couple times by what seemed by kind of mistake from her other pages um and it, it just thousands and thousands of people have joined it and are ostensibly awaiting orders of some sort. That's horrifying. Um, so when, when some seemingly unhinged person is on the internet making videos to, you know, 50 people who may see it, I, I can see how it's ignored, but it's at a point now where she has a large following. She's her followers have proven that they're willing to do things in real life in response to her messages with her now calling for uh, specifically calling for violence against you know vaccine clinics and government and whatnot like what is being done to, to stop this person because she's not making a secret about it um well it, it is interesting because her rhetoric has been very violent for a very long time like it is it, it is true that definitely just from my observations that things seem to have increased kind of in their severity in a variety of spaces, including hers, mm -hmm. with the vaccination of children being approved in Canada. Um, you know, what explicitly I think was was the most disturbing on this one was that there seemed to be like a, a readiness taking place, like these people were being divided into groups like there was a duck hunting group that you would join there was you know there you had to answer some very basic questions um but beyond that it, you know you were allowed in and this this is where some of the biggest cheers have happened this is again there was there was a great vice article by mac um that featured images and some of the the things that were being talked about that that included an individual's like you know arsenal that he was preparing for duck hunting season yeah, I um, saw that photo going around the internet uh, from Mac's article where it's, yeah, just like you said, it's like to me as a layman, I'm like, this buddy has a bunch of machine guns ready to duck hunt with Ramona. Um, yeah, but it is also important to remember that like the people who are getting caught up in this, um, as well as even Ramona herself, aren't necessarily unhinged. Like these aren't unfeeling people um, 
you know, who are completely lost to society, you know, they're, they're scared. Um, you know, there, there's a danger there and people are responsible for their, their own actions, but, you know, we're dealing with it with a movement and a network of people, um, who are kind of feeding off each other's, um, kind of general paranoia, kind of fear. Um, and, you know, they are, they require a lot of assistance. They require a lot of help, um, to kind of, you know, restore some faith in, in humanity. And, um, you know, someone, someone very close to me has said that, uh, extremists are inherently optimistic about, about the world. Like they have an optimism that they can take action that will address these ills that they're seeing and whether they're real or not, whether, you know, these, these fears of theirs are substantive or not. Um, you know, they're, they're people who want to see a, be a better world and it's, um, you know, ways to capitalize on that, ways to redirect that and hopefully, you know, reach and, and save people before somebody gets hurt, mm -hmm. um, you know, is, is a really important goal. Um, it's, it's not necessarily one that, that factors heavily into my work as someone who just kind of monitors and documents and tries to ring the alarm, mm -hmm. um, you know, but there are, there are a lot of people who are, who are fighting that fight, and it is one of the most thankless uh, and difficult ones. Um, mm -hmm. That involves like, yes, calling people out. Yes. Saying like, you know, this, this is ridiculous, but also trying to connect to people's humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think like, um, just as you said, th these people, they're also in like their own sort of bubble because they're, there's so much to this world and there's so many different like rooms and topics that are being discussed that I think the people who find themselves in that space they completely surround themselves with that space. So like these kind of these concepts that to a layman, like even just QAnon, like to a layman, like it's it's bizarre. But to the people who kind of get tied up in this world, that's just a, a, a foundational part of their world that's so normal that I can see how someone can can kind of um, funnel their way down to this um, this situation that the, that they're in now but but yeah and like you said i never thought of the idea that the people who are true believers and followers of hers they do believe they're doing something good so it would be difficult to to help them because they think they're doing the right thing yeah i mean most most people are inherently evil and again it's it's not to let anybody off the hook for their mm -hmm. actions for you know for extremely uh, hateful beliefs, you know, that, that can be encountered both in these spaces and in other ones. But um, yeah, it's like there, there's a real hope that by reading the Q drops, by looking, you know, looking for the signs, trusting the plan, that um, you can ultimately affect a change that will, you know, be positive, be positive for everyone. Um, you know, it, it generally doesn't play out that way. And, it, you know, again, basing your Basing a worldview and trying to take actions to better the world um, that is based on misinformation and out and out lies and fantasy is like obviously not a really productive way forward. Um, and it ignores, you know, the roots of, of QAnon itself, which can be, you know, heavily borrowed, if not just carbon copies of, you know, hundreds year old anti-Semitic um, stories of blood libel and, um, you know, quote-unquote globalist uh global plots it's one thing with ramona is um this whole thing with duck hunting season and 
seemingly uh, an, an increase in kind of the, the call to violence uh, to her followers. Um, it's it definitely put her on the police and the RCMP radar where, where she, I believe, was just arrested just days ago. A prominent Canadian QAnon figure based in Victoria says she has been arrested by the RCMP and detained under BC's Mental Health Act. Ramana Dadulo, who often refers to herself as the Queen of Canada, made the claim on a YouTube video. Dadulo, who has an alleged history of urging her followers to shoot healthcare workers and others connected to the COVID-19 response, says she was taken to Royal Jubilee Hospital for a psychiatric assessment. What has, do you know much about her arrest? What led to it? What is going to happen? Um, well, clearly the the most recent statements, like the call for the duck hunters, is what ultimately led to um, what she said was a visit from INSET, which is the RCMP's uh, national, national security division. Um, they placed, again, according to her, uh, I believe it was Global News reached out to them directly and asked, and they couldn't confirm anything because she wasn't charged mm. with anything. Um, but but yeah, so according to her, she was placed on a 24-hour a hold, uh, like a, a wellness check, uh, where she was evaluated mentally and then ultimately released. Mm. Um, you know, academics online have said that this is perhaps the first time this type of thing has been deployed in relation to extremists. Um, or extremism, and it, you know, is is obviously a bit worrying. Um, you know, our, our mental health system is not is not perfect, but um, you know, deploying it uh, kind of to help the aims of law enforcement can be, hmm. I don't know, questionable in some ways. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it does appear like it, it was true. Um, but again, according to her telling, she was out within the day. And was live on her speaking to her followers. I watched a video where she's holding up the card that the police officer left her with, and and she's very much like passing it off as it's no big deal. Like these people, they don't you know they don't realize what's going on. It's kind of the way I, the the vibe I get from it. Um, yeah, and what is interesting is, like I said before, that was kind of when the live streams started. You know, she was this kind of magnanimous, magnanimous, unaccessible uh, figurehead beyond this kind of Q&A board where she would be very selective about it. But then after the visit and the hold, um, yeah, she did a live stream. And then just before, you know, you and I started talking, there was there was another one going on that she was actually bringing people on and communicating with them directly, being challenged in, oh. in some ways. Interesting. And uh, like, given how, how much interest she's got now, it, it, in relation to what she's what she's been up to, do, do people know anything about or been able to learn anything about her background? I've I've not found any reporting on her history or where she's from, how she came to be in you know in this position. Uh, it's fairly limited. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time here trying to figure out as much as we could about that. Um, as far as I've been able to tell, both from records and her own telling, which obviously comes with a bit of a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she was born in the Philippines. Uh, emigrated to Canada at, at some point, I think in her teens, um, you know, lived with an uncle for a while, um, and then appears to have started a series of businesses um, that had nothing to do with conspiracism in any way. They, um, you know, they, 
they did like wealth management. I'm trying to trying to remember because there were there were a few of them. Some of them were set up in the UK. Another one was in Wilmington, Delaware. You know, they all operated on the west coast of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never found a publicly listed employee beyond Dadula herself. You know, several of them were delisted for failing to file taxes. Um, so they do kind of my general opinion is that they're kind of paper tigers. They were just set up um, and then never did very much business or any business at all. Okay. Um, and there's been fundraising efforts. Like at one point she was trying to raise money to buy bulletproof vests for police dogs um, that raised like $35. And then, yeah, just kind of bounced from venture to venture until landing on what she's at now. And it seems now that she's living uh, a very modest life, although she refers to I'm I'm assuming she does her videos and stuff. It looks like she's in her apartment, but she refers to it as her office. And she'd be like, like when she was describing the police coming, she she was saying like they came to this floor of the office, and I was in this office, and they were in the neighboring room, you know, on this same floor. So it's almost like she's describing a large building where she has floors, but it uh, in the when you look over her shoulder whenever you get to see it it looks like she's just in this small apartment or something like do, do people know like kind of what kind of life she's living um no i haven't been able to get anyone who knows her personally or knew her at any point to uh to speak with me mm-hmm. um i do know that a lot of the businesses are registered to a uh, boarding house in or sorry boarding house on vancouver island mm-hmm. um so again i would i would suspect that's where the videos are coming from but like that again, it's speculation like i I don't know Mm -hmm. so you follow stories like this all the time how do you see like how do you see this playing out is this do do you think there's going to be some kind of resolution to the danger she's presenting by stimulating her followers in this way like how do you see this happening in the future um that's kind of a good way to put it actually um I, I do think that at some point interest in Dadulo will fade, you know, that, you know, whether it's a bang rather than a whimper, um, I don't know, but the, this network of people, this group of people that follow her and believe these things and support her, they're, they're not going to go anywhere. Um, you know, ho- hopefully many of them will, you know, adopt kind of a more kind of reality-based I guess we'll, we'll adopt like a more um, productive kind of viewpoint on the world. Um, but, you know, the vast majority of these people are, are going to remain disillusioned and whether they're falling kind of under the flag of, you know, the kingdom of Canada or whatever comes next, I think kind of the disappearance of, of QAnon from the message boards is, is a good example of what's going to happen. Like this movement will evolve into something else these beliefs will um, will find a way to sustain themselves, and unless we start to address kind of the the core of it all, um, you know, the people themselves that are that are following her, rather than you know the mistake that I make and the media makes um, in focusing on individual individual figureheads, um, mm. yeah, I, d- I don't see really a firm resolution. Uh, I see a lot of similarities between like when the idea of cults, when you think of like these kind of new religious movements that were uh, seem to be like seen as a threat more so in like the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. 
it's when I hear of QAnon and, and look at what Ramon is doing, it's almost like this new online politicized version of that. Where it's, it is a cult. No, yeah, it's a cult. It's like, absolutely. Hey, a lot of conspiracies, a lot of far right, um, especially as you get uh, into the very hard stuff, like it, it will dress itself in the language of politics. But um, when you were observing it, you know, looking through the lens of the cultic milieu, as well as, you know, treating treating the believers as people who have been swept up in in cultic belief like that's that's exactly the analogy and especially when you hear like you were describing earlier people are turning to her not so much for like political guidance but you know heal my children and you know speak to the extraterrestrials that you're in touch with these sorts of things it's it, it adds this whole extra element that almost seems to go against the main message that she's a political leader that was put in power by these kind of shadow government kind of people. Um, so in, in this story, it's we're, we're talking about something that's very much an active unfolding thing. She was just arrested and released like last week. Tonight, she's doing one of her first um, streams where she's talking with people. What I think about, and I'm curious your thoughts on this is, as the the government er, public health mandates uh, are becoming are, are slowly closing in on these these groups that are actively resisting them do you see a rise in the the rhetoric in terms of you know calls for action or you know just extremism like i'm just thinking six months ago eight months ago you could still like kind of live your life for the most part. Um, now it's like they can't get on planes. There's children are being vaccinated. The borders are different and stuff like is, is things increasing as the mandates are slowly closing in on these groups? Uh, I'm not going to make any like pronouncements about future actions that are going to happen, but yeah, it's certainly like, like I'm, I'm supportive of public health measures. I think that they are the most realistic and pragmatic way that we can combat the pandemic. Um, but, but yeah, there, there is a real marginalization and alienation that is happening. Mm -hmm. um, it is becoming more difficult for a lot of these people to participate uh, in society in the ways that they're used to. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that I, I am worried about the type of rhetoric that that is leading to. Um, and, and the fact that a lot of people are seeing it as a confirmation of the encroaching, you know, authority that they've been fearful of for a long time. Uh, it's why it's very valuable to kind of established conspiratorial figures. I mean, in Canada, but also around the world, um, because they have a very accessible, relatable narrative to capitalize on. Um, so for people who want to follow Ramona's story and your reporting, how do people stay up to date on this? Um, well, always there's uh, antihate.ca, which is the organization that I work for and write a lot of the content for. Um, like I, I've mentioned him a couple of times, uh, Mac LaMaroux Advice has been on this story for as long, if not longer than me, and has done great reporting. Um, and then, of course, if you are an individual who is involved in these movements, um, if you are have family members, if you um, if you're worried about friends, um, you know, there's in a lot of ways, friends and family can be kind of the front lines when someone is drifting into these spaces. But like 
please, please reach out to people. Like there's, you can reach out to me on Twitter or uh, at Peter at antihate.ca. Um, Shannon Martinez is another incredible person who works in de-radicalization. She's a, a former white supremacist who now is a thousand places at once doing as much good as possible. Um, you know, there's researchers uh, and activists like Mark Andre um, Argentino, who's an academic who focuses heavily on QAnon. Um, Sarah Hightower is another activist who focuses so heavily on cults. Um, and then also there's, I think there's multiple Reddit pages, but one of the largest is uh, QAnon Casualties. That is oh. a place for people to share stories and communicate with one another, people who are leaving, people who've been impacted by this type of thing. Um, so there are resources available to people who are looking for it. I want to thank you for joining Peter Smith and I for our discussion surrounding the stranger-than-fiction story of Romana Didula. It's easy to laugh at this story, but the fact that she has followers across the country who hang off her every word and will gladly carry out her orders is horrifying. Let me make that clear with this. Earlier in this episode, you heard a follower of hers serve a cease and desist letter to a local police station. That same follower has shared a video of their disturbing interaction at a vaccine clinic as their community began vaccinating children. The clip begins with him attempting to barge into the clinic to serve one of these bizarre demand letters. Okay, well, yeah, I am going, I, I'm here to, put you on notice you're committing war crimes? Okay, okay. Outside. okay I, what I'm here, I'm going to the police station right now, okay. right now, I'm, and I'm going to arrange a holding cell for your, for all of you, okay? I'm going to leave this with you. You're being served a cease and desist order. Thank you. These, what you're administering are war crimes. Everything related to COVID is war crimes. I'm going to the police station right now. Yeah. We drew the line with the babies in our community. It's not happening today. We draw the line with the babies. You, I, stay tuned, my friend. Stay tuned. And with that, I'll begin to wrap up this episode of Nighttime, but before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Peter Smith for the incredible work he and the others at antihate.ca do. And of course, thanks for sharing an evening with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. Next, a big shout out to Monty Data for contributing the music to this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, a massive thanks to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and without your support, the show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for both the price of a cup of coffee, help keep the show alive by subscribing to the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers, Laura, Mark, and Shelby. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or if you want to give feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com contact or find me on social media. I use Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. 
So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now, she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. Better. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? <laughs> Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.